and it's live again. It's another podcast. We'll take on sports. I'm the host, Will Walker. 7 a.m. Sit back if you got to be dead at 7 30. Let me get the next 29 minutes of your time and talk to you about sports. Give you my opinion about sports. Today's podcast 10 15. You can unring a bell. Thank you for listening to uh, my podcast. If you're happening to listen to this podcast on demand, please, whatever plat, uh, platform that you're listening to this podcast on, please hit that like, follow, or subscribe button. Also, follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at WWS underscore Sports Show, and also on Facebook. Please go to my Facebook page and click the like button. You can unring a bell. It couldn't happen to a better team. I hate the Jets. I'm going to get right into uh, a game I'm going to pick. One of the five NFL games I'm going to pick in week six, and that's the Dolphins at the Jets. The Jets absolutely stink. They're, they haven't won a game this year. The Dolphins are two and three. I usually don't pick games like this. I try to pick matchups with teams with winning records, but I'm going to do this because I absolutely hate the Jets, and I want the Dolphins to do to the Jets what the Miami Hurricanes did to Florida State. Hang a half a hundred on your rifle. That's what I want the Dolphins to do to the Jets. Seriously, getting into the Le'Veon Bell situation, they let him go. Uh, I think that was Tuesday. Who cares? Listen, the whole situation with Le'Veon Bell and Adam Gates just didn't work from the day Le'Veon signed because Adam Gates didn't want this dude. The GM at that time went on ahead and gave, uh, made Le'Veon Bell the second highest paid running back in the NFL behind Tar Gurley at that time. It's amazing. The, the two guys that were the highest paid running backs at one time are both on different teams or have been released by the team that gave them that contract. Anyway, back to the New York Jets. Adam Gates did not want this dude. Adam Gates and the GM has such a disagreement about this signing. After Le'Veon Bell signed the contract that summer, the GM resigned, fired, whatever the situation happened. So that's how much of a disagreement Adam Gates and the GM at that time had about that signing. Adam Gates has proven to be right one of the few times he is because I think he's a horrible uh, head coach. He was the head coach of my Miami Dolphins, and I hope the Dolphins just brutalized the Jets this week. I mean, don't take it easy on them. I don't care about their turmoil. I really don't. I don't care who's quarterbacking, be it uh, Flacco or uh, Sam Darnold. Who cares? Just beat the Jets down. Beat them down. They've gotten rid of Robbie Anderson, Jamal Adams, and now Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, they're really tanking for Trevor. Be careful. It's not good to tank in football. Not good to tank, period. But anyway, the Dolphins are eight and a half point favorites uh, in this game. So I need the Dolphins to just absolutely just beat the Jets down. Don't, don't, I don't want nothing but a beat down against the Jets. I don't want to see the Jets win nothing. And I love their misery right now. I love it. It's so cool. Pay attention, Sonny. Pay attention. Hey, boy. Pay attention to me when I'm talking to you. All right. On the games and individual performances and in sports that got my attention, let me first start with that game that happened on Tuesday. One of the rare instances where we had a Tuesday night football game. No Thursday night game tonight. They actually push that game back to next Monday. But anyway, I really don't have anything that stood out in that. Well, I don't have 
anything to analyze about the game. What stood out was when Derrick Henry swat away uh, Josh Norman like he was a, a, like a, a annoying little brother, just swatted him away. That's the individual performance that got my attention. Other than that, the game was uh, it was nothing dramatic or thrilling about the game. People are giving Ryan Tannehill a lot of play, a lot of praise. The best player on that team is Derrick Henry. The reason why he's getting all those good throws that he's able to make is one-on-one. Any quarterback worth their grain of salt should be able to throw against man-to-man coverage. You don't read a defense. You're not reading anything. The other team has to play man-to-man because every team that's going to play Tennessee is going to be lined up to stop Derrick Henry. Hope they have a better, uh, more success than Josh Norman did. And that was a flag on that play, matter of fact. But anyway, Josh Norman got swatted away like a little, like a little fly. That was that was beautiful to watch, honestly. Other than that, it was nothing exciting about that game. Tannehill did throw for two, four touchdowns. Uh, Josh Allen had a rough game, rough game. One of the one of those interceptions was not his fault, but anyway, he did throw one. And Tennessee's defense really ain't that good. I know Malcolm Butler's back there, but they really are not that good. And the Buffalo Bills made them look like they are uh, a championship caliber defense, and honestly, they're not. They're, they're not that. Um, I think one of the things that happened to Buffalo in this game was all the indecision of where they're going to be playing, who they're going to be playing, and all this stuff. I mean, with everything that was going on with Tennessee as far as the COVID testing, it just the the Bills were just they they made the claim that they were preparing for two teams, uh, possibly Kansas City or Tennessee. So maybe that has something to do with it. I, I'm not I'm not down on the Bills. That's my Super Bowl pick coming out of the AFC. So and that's unusual because they do play in the division with my Miami Dolphins, but I think the Bills are a legit team. And plus, they didn't play without the cornerback White in that ball game, and then also uh, Brown, the wide receiver, didn't play. So I'm going to give uh, Buffalo a pass on that game, although the loss will count, but I'm going to give them a pass. I, I think they were just – they just had it was just a rough uh, time in preparation uh, leading up to that game on Tuesday night. Let me get to the Major League Baseball playoffs before I give you my picks. Uh, last night, Atlanta and the Dodgers. This series took a turn from the top of the seventh inning in game two. It was 7-0 in game two, top of the seventh inning. Since that inning, all the way to the completion of game three, the Dodgers have outscored Atlanta 22 to 2. Yes, you heard that right. 22 to 2. The Dodgers, I have said this over and over again. They are the most talented team in Major League Baseball. But the one thing about Major League Baseball that is really tough to gauge when it comes to the playoffs. You don't know when a pitcher is going to be hot or they're going to get uh, or the opposing team will get timely hitting and great defense and all of those things that come to winning uh, that comes with winning a World Series. You just don't know uh, in Major League Baseball playoffs. That's why it's really tough to predict. And sometimes the team with the best record over the course of the regular season does not win the World Series. Because it's all about when you get hot. That's the that's the unpredictability of Major League Baseball. But the Dodgers, over the over the last twelve innings playing against Atlanta, have outscored them twenty two to two. 
and uh, Cal Wright was rocked for 11 runs in the first inning. And he probably may have gotten out of that inning without that bad of, uh, of damage. Uh, Mookie Betts hits a ground ball to third base. Great play by the young third baseman throwing it over to Freeman. Freeman did everything he could to um, – well, he was he was there. He caught the ball, did everything he could to stay on the bag, and he was on the bag. But Mookie Betts just got there in time, and then after that, the floodgates opened. They went nuts. Sager is just balling. He is on he is on fire in these last two games. Oh well, well over these last twelve innings, three home runs in the last twelve innings of postseason play in the National League Championship Series. That's some serious business right there. Mookie Betts is why the reason Mookie Betts is probably is one of the most uh, the the highest paid player in Major League Baseball is because he's just that doggone good. That's how good he is. He deserves his money, and he deserves to be in that conversation with Mike Trout of who's the best all around player in baseball. Is him and Mike Trout? That that's that's the debate. But Mookie Betts is just that doggone good. And he has made the, he's made the Dodgers even better than what they've been the previous years. Again, they are the most talented roster in Major League Baseball. And today they got Kershaw going in Game Four. Let's see if they can uh, tie it up and make it two-two, or if Atlanta can take a commanding three-one lead. I know one guy that's extremely lucky in this uh, in this matchup is the Braves closer. This dude has caught two home runs in the bullpen. That's 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 a freak. That's just a freak of luck, straight up. That did, I mean, by the same player, Albies, the shortstop or the second baseman rather for Atlanta, has hit two bullpen, two home runs to the uh, Atlanta's bullpen, and it was caught by their closer. That's just freaky. That's just crazy. All right, on to the American League Championship Series. Uh, the Rays are up 3-1. They could have closed it out last night, but they didn't. Uh, Houston was able to hang on and win 4-3. Uh, the, uh, the unit of Bergman, Correa, Altuve, and Springer, they've been, man, they've been doing this for about, this is what, the fourth season now those guys have been together. They made the playoffs. They made two World Series um, appearances. They won one. Of course, there is the Chitro scandal and all of that stuff. Okay, it is what it is. But still, it's very impressive what these young men are doing as far as um, all these guys came up in Houston's farm system. They're now big-time major leaguers. But George Springer, in my humble opinion, is the best of that lot. I know uh, Bergman and Altuve get a lot of love in Korea, too. But I think Springer's the best of of that group. And when he's hot, they win. It's that simple. But they're running against a Tampa team that's got some strong arms. And then that Arosa, that Arosa Arena dude just coming out of nowhere and knocking home knocking home runs all over the place. Tampa is tough. I would like to see a Tampa-LA matchup. Hey, hey, Tampa versus Atlanta would be a good matchup because Atlanta can hit too. Uh, they're not the Braves. I mean, they're not the Dodgers, but they can hit. And But Tampa... Yeah, man, they 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 got what you need to win uh, the World Series. I mentioned earlier about in Major League Baseball playoffs, it's about timely hitting, great defense, and uh, great pitching. That's how you win, 
in the Major League Baseball playoffs, and that is exactly what Tampa has been doing um, this postseason as they are one win away from going to the World Series. And I don't know, can Houston come back and win these next three? I like this I like this format that Major League Baseball has. They're playing games consecutively. They're in the bubble. No days off. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Speaking of bubble situation, the NFL has put out to the media that they're going to possibly do a playoff bubble. They're not doing that. I don't believe. The NFL is stubborn as a dude in the White House. I don't believe they're doing that. I think they just put it out there just to get a feel of what people would think about the situation. I mean, there's really no need. All you got to do is just make the visiting team show up earlier. You know, treat it like a Super Bowl week, you know. Unfortunately, you have the lower seed. You got to show up to the team, to the town that you're going to be playing against uh, against the team you're going to be playing against, and just you get there seven days early or six days early, and you do your COVID testing, put them in a bubble, and get the playoff game played. You don't need a neutral site. You can just put them, just make them travel there early. It'd be the same difference as you if you're making them go to a net neutral site. So what's the point? That's it. If it's Pittsburgh going up against Cleveland, like it will be this week, let's just say. Make Cleveland travel to Pittsburgh early. That's it. And test them there. They just have to practice on um, some location. Who knows? I don't know. They'll find, a, they'll find a location. But I don't think they need a bubble for uh, the NFL uh, playoffs. That's just Will's opinion. That's all it is. All right, let's get to week six. I've already made one pick between the Dolphins and um, the Jets. All right. Next up, Browns at Steelers. All right, now, the Steelers are favored in this game by three and a half points. Steelers are undefeated. The Browns are coming in with one loss. This is the game that's going to get a lot of attention because people are going to they keep showing a replay of that drama that happened on Thursday night last year when Miles Garrett took off Mason Rudolph's helmet and then later on claimed that he called him the N-word. There ain't going to be no helmet swinging in this game. That's 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 a safe bet. My pick may not be a, a surefire bet, but I'm going to just be adamant to tell you that there will not be any helmet swinging in this matchup on Sunday. The Browns coming off a big-time win over Indy. That's their most quality win, uh, in my opinion. So far on their schedule, they started off the season losing against the Ravens, and then they rattled off. They won four straight games. The actor that plays quarterback, or the actor in commercials that played quarterback for them, had he played a better game last week. I'm still not impressed, still not in, still not sold, but he did look a little bit better. Um, I can tell you this much: he gonna get a lot of heat from Bud Dupree and that young man, Mr. T.J. Watt. Pittsburgh has 20 sacks through five games. Four games. My bad. 20 sacks through four games. They put pressure on you. With it again, with White and Bud Dupree. We're going to see what happens. Now, last week, the Eagles had a dude that went off on Pittsburgh. Maybe they didn't know who he was. Maybe they'll be better prepared for Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. We'll see. And, uh, and uh, Hooper at tight end. We'll see. I think the Pittsburgh will be able to uh, win this game at home, cover the points. Bears and Panthers. 
the Panthers really to me are a surprise team, even though their record is just three and two. And the Bears are a team uh, still with Nick Foles at quarterback. Stay, stay still, Mitchell Trubisky. I told you, just stay still. But anyway, uh, the the Panthers, even without Christian McCaffrey, showing a strong running game. Mike Davis, I know a lot of Mike Davis, but anyway, Mike Davis has come on and played well um, in place of Christian McCaffrey, and Teddy Bridgewater has looked solid. Look really good. I'm really surprised by that because last season when I saw him as the Saints uh, substitute quarterback for a couple of games, they looked very, the Saints looked vanilla. But anyway, Matt Rue's young, t- uh, Matt Rue's team is playing well. Uh, the Bears, their defense doesn't quite look the same to me, although they did heat up Tom Brady in last Thursday's game. That defense just doesn't look the same with Mc, uh, McMillan and uh, Khalil Mag, Hicks, Fuller, Jackson. They just don't look. They it's not the Bears team or the Bears defense we've seen in previous seasons. Maybe that game against Tampa will get Khalil Mack going because he hadn't really been, you know, a factor up until last week. He should be a factor this week. The Bears uh, should be able to go down to Charlotte and um, put some pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. But even with all that being said, I just got a sneaky feeling that the Panthers are on a roll and the Bears have have Nick Foles at quarterback. I'm sorry. Yo, Le'Veon Bell should be a Bear. That's just my opinion. I mean, they need to run it back in the worst way. I think they lost their guy to a season eating it. A season-ending knee injury, so maybe he should be there. But anyway, I'm gonna go with the Panthers at home to cover uh, the points. I mean, it's only two and a half points; it's basically a field goal. So anyway, I'm gonna go with the Panthers at home. All right, the big four o'clock game. We got Mr. Rogers going up against uh, Tom Brady in Tampa. The Green Bay Packers are favorite, only by one point. Is that's basically a pick'em game. Uh, the story came out, if you're a sports fan and you watched the four-letter, the story came out about Bruce Arians not having a problem with Tom Brady yelling at his offensive lineman. If I was an offensive lineman, I would have a problem with Tom Brady. Uh, yo, you can't throw an out route. So if I make, if you're getting on me for making mistakes, whatever, and plus you didn't even know what down it was. I mean, that's the way I would look at it if I was an offensive lineman and he going off like that and acting a freaking monkey. But anyway, uh, the Packers are coming off a bye week. They're hot. Uh, Before that bye week happened, Aaron Jones is really the Aaron that makes a difference on this team. I know what Rodgers is doing. I get it. But Jones Jones came out of nowhere as far as, um, well, you can do that with any running back. But he, he has really been a surprise. And he's continue continue to play well uh, for the Packers. I think Brady and, and company lose this game. To be honest with you, it's a straight up pick them. So, but anyway, I'm gonna go with Rodgers and company because if Allen Robinson and uh, Nick Foles and those dudes can get open against Green Bay. The Packers have better receivers, and Aaron Rodgers is a much better quarterback than Nick Foles. So, I'm going to go with Green Bay to go down to Tampa and win. Sunday night game, L.A. Rams going up against the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 
let the Dolphins hang 42 points on them. Now, granted, Devontae Parker, Gasicki, and uh, Preston Preston Williams had a great game. I'm not taking that away from them. And Fitzpatrick looked good. But again, they let the Dolphins score 42 points against them. The Dolphins are not an offensive juggernaut. The Rams have a better offense, in my opinion. Um, they do the running back by committee. Uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods playing real well for the Rams this year. Sean McVay's team has looked solid. And I've been critical of Jared Goff a lot. Maybe I shouldn't be so critical because Jared Goff has been solid. He's looked a lot better than his fellow draft mate in his class, Carson Wentz. I know that much. But anyway, um, the 49ers, I don't care who they have at quarterback, to be totally honest with you. I don't care if they go back to Jimmy G or the backup that came in against the Dolphins. They look just in up on offense. They do. And let's see how they handle Aaron Donald in the middle, Jalen Ramsey on the outside. Um, this this just going to be one of those games to where you have to look at the situation for what it is. The 49ers look more like the 4-12 team from two years ago than the team that made the Super Bowl march last year. That's what they look like to me. So I think the Rams are able to get the win against their fellow California mates and, and win this game. Uh, they're three-and-a-half-point favorites. I think they cover that real easy and go ahead and get the win on Sunday night. Still wouldn't be surprised if they lay in there, though. But I think they'll, they'll get this win because the 49ers just look horrible. It just don't look good at all. And I don't know what Kyle Shanahan can do at the quarterback position, but he better find an answer because if Jimmy G keeps falling, they got to do something. That That's all that is. All right, on Saturday night, there's a big fight between Lomachenko and Lopez. This is the unified uh, lightweight division belts. Um, these two dudes, man, uh, are very good fighters. Lomachenko is just, he's one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world. I think his only rival in that for that category would be uh, Terrence Bud Crawford. Lomachenko is a championship-level fighter Lopez is the contender he's a good fighter we'll find out on Saturday night if he's a championship level fighter he's good he's got good hand speed he's got good power um he moves in and out like he's like you supposed to as a boxer but Lomachenko is just one of the best right now and this dude can hit he hits what he is uh he he has power in his hands speed but his defensive reflexes are um, are outstanding i don't know what his chin gonna be like if lopez catch him that's the only thing but i don't think lopez is gonna catch him i think championship level fighter lomachenko even though he has one loss he's still considered pound for pound one of the best um i think he will win this i'm gonna give lopez some respect i'm not gonna say he's gonna get knocked out or you know I'm, I'm going to go with a unanimous decision uh, for Lomachenko. I'm going to give him that. I'm not going to disrespect Lopez and say he's going to get knocked out, but I know this much. You better keep his tin chucked. You better keep it tucked because Loma, Lomachenko is a great counterpuncher also, and he better not miss too many times and leave himself wide open because he will get tagged. He will get popped very, very easily. By Lomachenko. But I'm looking forward to that fight. 10 30 Saturday night on the four letter network. I'm glad it's not on pay per view because I wouldn't pay for it. 
I just have to watch the highlights on YouTube like I do for any other fight or yeah, pretty much like that. So looking looking forward to it and I'm again I'm gonna go ahead and go with Lomachenko. All right, coming up this week. Got the Premier League back from the international break. My man City team. We've had time to get things together. Not all guys went away on an international break. I did have some key players play uh, for their home countries. But, Pep, got to get together. It's time to uh, start making that uh, march towards the top of the table right now. Man City sits at 10th. They got Arsenal, one of the better teams so far this year. Um, a much improved team ever since Arteta became their manager or their coach. So this is going to be an interesting match on Saturday at 1230 that I'm looking forward to. And I'm looking forward to some other Premier League action. But, of course, being a Man City fan that I am, that's the game that's going to uh, get my attention. COVID in college. COVID in the NFL. Still say the NFL is going to have a, it's going to be a trial to finish this season. And in college, Florida, LSU, postpone. Vandy, Missouri, postpone. All I can say is you're trying to play games during a global pandemic. And it ain't just the NFL and college football this is hit. It's hit over in Europe also as a young um, Weston McKinney, the young U.S. men's national team player, uh, he tested positive, so he's going to be quarantined and probably will be out of the next match for his club side, Juventus, over in the Serie A in Italy. Close the show the same way every single time. Say a prayer for somebody because prayer changes things. Ahala, be safe. Vote. Vote. Get out and vote. Early voting is starting in a lot of places. If you can, get out and vote. I don't think this is hype when they say vote like your life depends on it. It's the way I'm looking at it. Also, still in the midst of that pandemic, keep that social distancing up, wear your mask. Don't fall for the okie doke. For real, for real. Be easy. 